0: Uh, Wesley Johnson is uh, helping uh, be produced the program as well as uh, Alvin Allen and uh, Dee. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, uh, we are in our community room today. We have a wonderful roundtable of friends who uh, are helping us <coughs> better understand a uh, project that is uh, un- a major project. Um, the History Center uh, has already broken ground, if that's correct?
1: Correct, yes, in April.
0: Um, John, in the break, you had mentioned three specific types uh, of history. Uh, Yes, um, Eric Foner,
2: in in his work is own, who owns history, cites uh, Frederick Nietzsche, and he said, Frederick Nietzsche, and I'm just loosely paraphrasing, says there's three types of history, one that's uh, celebratory, or, or like trivial, hero, hero worship. And then, um, and then one that's actually dealing with exploratory history. And that's history that you're gonna use to actually apply. So you got the celebratory, the trivial, uh, nostalgia is actually the word to use, nostalgic. And then the exploratory. In exploratory history, you're gonna actually look to see how the past informs the present, how it can be used and applied to uh, current times, present times.
0: Dr. Anderson spoke uh, on both of the times that he's been with us speaking on this project about a scholarly approach. Correct. And um, so anyway, we're going to do our job here at the station. We're going to do a better job of having these discussions. Uh, I would certainly confess to those perceptions. The New York Times had a story last week about the center there in Richmond, and one of the things, and um sandy loves history we have visited some of the places in north carolina um and uh i'm thinking fort fisher you know and and some of the other places there is a huge gigantic picture of frederick Douglass there at the richmond uh, center and um that probably just that visual was informative and i'm thinking of what you're saying john there's different there's perceptions and then there's the the reality, and that's one of our goals, is to find out, is to listen uh, with an open mind to try to better understand exactly what's being proposed for our community. So in that spirit, we thank you, and um, uh, we look forward to continuing this conversation. Please let me continue around our roundtable introducing, uh, I mentioned Dr. Jerry Woods, uh, assistant professor at Fayetteville State, retired. Dr. Woods, great to have you in with us, sir. Thank you. I know these subjects you and I chatted briefly before we went on the air. Uh, You you sounded to me passionate about some of the issues that are connected to this. Well, I am, I'm
1: probably the only one at the table who's not directly connected with the inner workings of this group and getting this center built. But I've been interested in education and the issue of race all my life. What has spurred that I really don't know, but I've been involved in those two issues and subjects Uh, as long as I can remember. My doctoral dissertation was African American Images images of Education in the United States, in which I looked at the views of 12 different uh, African American scholars, among them W.E.B. Du Bois and E. Franklin Frazier and Kenneth Clark and Nathan Hare and a number of others to see what their views were and how that related to the issues of race and class and integration and separation. And I don't know all the details because it's been a while since I did my dissertation. So, <laughs> but, but, but I'd invite anybody to go, go read it. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I have come to the conclusion that in this country, the watershed event of American history is slavery and you can't get around it. Uh, and, and out of slavery, naturally, we have to talk about race and racism Racism is the important word, not race. Racism is action, and when one involved in racism, is treating somebody differently based upon their so-called race. But race is based upon some false uh, creation; it's a social creation, and it has been said by some scholars, African American scholars, perhaps white scholars as well that unless we understand racism, anything else we think we might understand in this country will only confuse you. I'm of that opinion as well. You must understand something about racism in this country or you can't understand the country. And out of slavery, there emerged the Civil War and from Civil War there was the Reconstruction period. And you can't really separate the two can't really separate the war from Reconstruction. Uh, some friends of mine, one on the left here, <laughs> was often referred to the Civil War as a second American Revolution. Uh, and and that, that's, that's what it is. Uh, and, and I think we came to that conclusion, I don't know if we really discussed it in any detail, but there's nothing civil about a war. Any war. And certainly not the civil war when over 600,000 that they know of were killed in the civil war and that's almost as many people killed in the civil war that had been killed in all the other wars that this country had been involved in combined and most people don't realize that it was brutal it was destructive uh it, it it deconstructed the country and so we needed a period to reconstruct the country. And as uh, Dave Winfield said uh, a few minutes ago, I think, uh, we need to be involved in that period after the Civil War, which may be more important than the Civil War itself, in what happened or did not happen during that period from 18, roughly 1865 to the turn of the century when people of color were making great progress but that began to wane very quickly and by the turn of the century 1901 all the people of color who had gone to be represented in our national government were gone Mm -hmm. coincidentally the last one being a north Carolinian uh white i've forgotten his first name uh but a man named white was the last one, and there was not another person in Congress, United States Congress, for a couple of decades later, and not another representative from North Carolina, I believe, and let the historians correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were on 1991
0: and 1992. Wow, um, Dr. Woods uh, is one of the fundamental premises of racism. A fundamental, um, I think, Troy and Dr. Anderson talked about the whole misnotion of superiority and the inferiority
1: oh yes well that, that's what racism is about okay uh, superiority and inferiority
0: and is that uh, whatever the correct word would be if our history is not told correctly can can that history actually be affecting us more than we even realize that s- the socialization process I think David referred to earlier uh, I think Deepak Chopra calls it the hypnosis of social conditioning, almost like we're hypnotized and kind of just certain things are accepted. Is that why history is so important that it be told correctly? Well,
1: Yes, it's uh, important because we can't understand where we are unless we know where we've been. History tells us where we've been. Uh, John Henry Clark says something about history being a clock that tells us the time of day. John Henry Clark being an African-American historian that most people don't know about, but most people need to know about. He's now deceased. Um, so we, we need to know about uh, uh, history. Uh, without it, we're lost. We don't know anything about ourselves without history. And the history in this country, it has been about superiority and inferiority, with whites being the superior and, and blacks being the inferior group. Uh, but uh, that cannot go on forever. And there's been some considerable changes since the time of slavery till now, but we
0: still have a long way to go. When John mentioned taking his sons to, uh, and by the way, Dr. Harry Jones wasn't he here at Fayetteville State on this project? He was. Yes, sir. He sadly passed not long after he was here the last that's, time. Yes, correct. correct.
1: Three, three days after he was here, right. we were at his last presentation. Ill when he was here. Yeah,
2: for Juneteenth
1: celebration. Yeah. yeah. In be. fact, by the way, I will say to make a little bit of news here uh, that we are doing a, um, a Juneteenth presentation Great. at the public library on Sunday, uh, June the 23rd. And we brought it, we're bringing down from Guilford College a professor, Dr. Adrian R- Israel, who is an expert on the Underground Railroad. And she's going to be enlightening us on that. And Dr. Peter Murray from Methodist University will also be talking about civil rights And um, we're we're looking forward to that event, and it's going to be the inauguration of the Harry Jones Memorial Juneteenth Lecture.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Our good friend Myron Pitts, he and his brother Marshall and Myron, uh, Majel, they do a program have for years, MP3 Fridays here on our network. Uh, I was reading, Myron obviously was very uh, inspired, impressed with Dr. Jones. Um, It just dawned on me, John, when you mentioned that, I was thinking that's the same person who, YOU WERE REFERRING TO yes, sir. THAT YOU GUYS HEARD. Uh, MAC HEALEY, um, AND MAC, YOU CAN HELP ME. Uh, uh, there, THERE'S ACTUALLY A BOARD IN PLACE, AND uh, DR. WOODS MENTIONED, y'all, Y'ALL HAVE DONE A GOOD JOB OF BRINGING, YOU KNOW, a GOOD DIVERSITY TO THE TABLE THIS MORNING. WE APPRECIATE THAT. Um, I BELIEVE YOU AND DR. BRIAN ACTUALLY CURRENTLY SERVE ON THE BOARD Uh, 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 on this project
3: yes that's correct I'm chairman and she's vice chairman of this project which is kind of a little odd because this project really was was Mary Lynn's baby she started from the very beginning I I became involved about six or seven years ago and it's funny you know first of all thank you for having us and giving us this opportunity we're always we're always willing to talk about this because again it's misunderstood the 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 ideas behind this project a lot and a lot of people really when they, first, when they first hear about the project, are not in favor. And so we, we like the opportunity to talk about it. But, um, you know, I, when I was asked seven years ago to be involved with this project, uh, my initial reaction was much like everyone else. It's civil war. Why, why, why do we want to go down that road again? I mean, what in the name of God would we want to handle that issue again? And the more I've gotten involved, the more I realize the need for this project. Initially, I was involved from strictly an economic uh, reason I, I saw what this center could do for the economy in Fayetteville, um, and we'll talk more about that later. But that was really my initial response. But since that point, I've begun to realize that the cultural aspect of this of this history center is just as important, if not more important, to Fayetteville and, it, and its future. That uh, that as we begin to look out and about, Fayetteville's got a deep, 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 rich history. And we people that live in Fayetteville don't know that. And when it comes to race relations, we've been a trendsetter for a long, long time in Fayetteville. And there are opportunities to begin to tell that story, both from a local standpoint, from a state standpoint. And you know the difference in, in this center and any other center in the country is going to be that this center is gonna focus on the people of North Carolina and how that period before, during, and most importantly, after the Civil War, Affected the people of North Carolina. We're not going to talk about battlefields. We're not going to we'll certainly mention those We're not going to ch- talk about artifacts This is about how it affected the people of North Carolina and quite frankly That's what we're still dealing with today is how it's affecting those of us that call North Carolina home and and the, and the issues that happened with this battle and You know we, we we're fond of saying that ignoring the, the true meaning of this war and all that happened over the last 150 years just not working real well Um, we can see that every day now and so this gives us an opportunity to be a leader um, in really in the country we find no other history center or museum that is focusing on the period of reconstruction a lot of people talk about the Civil War a lot of people touch on it but our goal is to focus on that period um, again before during but most importantly afterwards and how it shapes our life today
0: Uh, there is a uh, friend who listens to this program who uh, works uh, as a faithful volunteer at uh, one of our local schools. They were telling me maybe a couple of weeks ago, he said that they no longer at their school call it the library, they call it the media center. And what he wanted me to know is that technology is uh, changing uh, the way we distribute information that um, really most any child on just a regular cell phone, can get so much information, and he was sharing some of what he had heard that he was excited about. And I just wanted you to touch on it just a moment. It sounded like you is uh, the 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 center that is being uh, worked on. You mentioned bringing in a great speaker, the Juneteenth celebration. Mac, will this be organic? In 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 other words, comparing what we grew up knowing as a museum where we went somewhere and we looked at statues and this sort of thing can can you help us understand a little better what we're talking about here
3: absolutely i'd be glad to um this could be completely different than than the centers of of 50 years ago Uh, museums used to be a place where you housed artifacts you housed displays they were very static um, this next generation doesn't learn like that they do not they do not go in and, and and read the plaques on the wall in front of the things this is an interactive this will be an interactive museum it'll have a number of components but when you enter the building it's going to be a very very interactive feeling for everybody so they'll, they'll stay engaged and it won't be just be standing there either listening to your headphones or 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 reading the display it'll all it'll be all about learning interactively during the period unlike unlike a lot of places this whole content will be on the internet and that's one of the really special things that we probably may not focus enough on is that um this this whole content is going to be broadcast to the we're working right now with the secretary of public education we're the board of education of the state of north carolina coming up with a con- with a content that'll go on the internet and this will go in every north carolina classroom for the fourth eighth and eleventh grade Now that's when they study north carolina history and so you know it's really very very scary for all of us as we talk to social study teachers around the state that we we hear from them that they don't even teach this period in their classes because they're so uncomfortable that they'll do something wrong say something wrong insult somebody Um, while i certainly understand the feeling of you don't want to say anything wrong the more important thing is that we've got a next generation growing up not knowing anything about this period. And again, if we don't study this period, we don't understand how it affects our lives today. So this will be, one of the core principles of this is to broadcast this core lesson to the school children in North Carolina. You know, both I I, I tell the story that both of my children were raised in the public schools in Fayetteville, North Carolina and um, weren't taught much about this period. Um, and on top of that, we loaded my kids in a bus and we drove them to another city outside Fayetteville and they got to study North Carolina history. Well, I'm, I'm ready for them to load their kids in a bus and come down here and see our history center. Um, it's really a unique opportunity for Fayetteville because, as I said, we've been on the cutting edge of, of, of so many issues in this state's history that suddenly we're going to be the only museum in the country that focuses on this plan and, and works, a, works a history center like this. Imagine, if you will, that there's that, that somebody from uh, relocating back in the general area of Fayetteville and they, and they look on the internet and they see something like this center and they say, you know, Fayetteville, and North Carolina in general, but Fayetteville in particular, is the kind of city that looks at the tough questions, the kind of city that's not afraid to look at a pretty ugly time in our history and discuss what it really means. You know, we spoke about speakers. This is going to be an area a, a location where where the nation can come together and have with, we're going to have differing differing views, but it's it's a forum for everybody to get together and talk about these issues. I've learned so much just from the people at this table, but also from the speakers that have been brought in that that's really our mission is 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 to begin to educate people on the truth. You know, we've heard from people that well, what story is going to be told? Well, the truth is gonna to be told, we don't, we're, not, we, we, we're not set out to do folklore, we're not set out to do anything other than the actual truth, and, and while that will be different than some people learned, and it may, it may upset people, the reality is, is we know as long as we're focusing on the truth of what really happened, and that's why, we, that's why we solicited all the different scholars, people a whole lot smarter than I am who study this their whole life and will come in with the facts of what this period really had, and then and then we're doing a great justice to to, to the next generation. I, I like to say I'm I'm probably too old to learn, but um, this next generation is is at a at a distinct disadvantage if we don't take the opportunity we are just about to have and bring this center to, to reality and say, this this is where the the nation and, and our our children in particular, but the nation can begin to learn and heal through this process. We're about to wrap up our
0: first hour. Dr. James Anderson uh, was on. Uh talking about uh, this History Center. Can you speak to, Mac, the importance of partnering, working so closely with one of the great HBCUs that is right here in this community, Fayetteville State University? How important is FSU to this project?
3: You know, FSU is critical to this project um, because, quite frankly, it, it that's one of those little-known stories that most people don't understand is, is Fayetteville State and, and, and who they are and what they become. You I know, mean, imagine, if you will, the the that, Several years after the war, seven individuals, African-American individuals, got together and decided to have a university to teach African-Americans. I mean, s- several years before that, that, that idea never would have come. Fayetteville State's played such a role in the development of this community, um, along with our other institutions. You know, Methodist and, and, and FTCC have, have been, you know, critical in the development of this community. But having Fayetteville State on with a historical basis that they have and with the, with the historians that they have, that have lent themselves to this project. Um, Really shows the inclusiveness of the whole project, but it also shows the opportunity that we can combine with local experts to help spread this message out across the state. I think
0: what gave us an idea of the breadth of this is Friday when Dr. Anderson said the goal was 100 stories, real life stories from 100 counties. We did the math, that's 10,000 stories. That's, That's gonna be a lot of work. A lot of work,
2: it is a lot of work. Yes, we, we have. already have about David. Don't we have about we, 300?
0: What 300
1: stories? No, uh-huh. wow, we're, we're way over. Wow, oh, <laughs> <great> wow. well, <laughs> <laughs> we well,
0: well, only have 9,000 more to go, David. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we're in this for the long run, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much to our round table. We're going to continue next hour. I know, David, you'll. Uh, be uh, leaving us a, a previous commitment, so I w- definitely want to get you in this next 30-minute session. Let's take a quick break, top-of-the-hour break, and we'll come back uh, with more of the discussion of the uh, uh, proposed... H- help me out, John. Uh, it's not a museum, it's, it's... a history center. History center. <laughs> and
2: if I, if I can, the history center, the distinction is that the history center will have a museum component to mm-hmm. it, but it's much larger than that. My background is in information systems my degree is in management information system so that's where my bread and butter learning from favorable state came and really understanding how it is we put information deliver it and as um, Max said a moment ago it's just mountains and mountains so how do you cipher through all that to pull out what you need is, is an important part of managing that information and that that's. We're light years from what it was just storing a whole bunch of books in the warehousing them if you go up to the the hunt library at nc state on nc state's campus you get an idea because you don't see books you got to go in the basement to see the books the books are in a elaborate mechanized retrieval system for many many of
0: us it's hard to wrap our brain around that but i could i've been thinking recently of the buggy whip companies you know back when <laughs> automobiles were being invented yes. i'm sure it was a frightening time but progress is going to go forward so no matter how much uh, we love our books i'm like you um i get the feeling that this technology is um it's just it's making information so readily available across the board um thank you guys for being here let's take a quick break and we'll come back with more of the discussion of the history center uh, that will be in fayetteville north carolina